Travels that don't trip on the usual with Beyond a Travel is a show where people with wanderlust share a detailed account of their travels, talking about their experiences, memories, unforgettable moments and more. Welcome to the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel Podcast from Beyond Your Experiences. My name is Nandana and I have Anand Parmeshwaran here with me to speak about Kerala. Hi Anand. Hi. So um Kerala is termed as God's own country by a lot of people. So what's so special about it to make it God's own country? Well, God's own country is actually uh, an advertising terminology. It's something that uh, the state tourism department probably thought it up and put it on. Right. But in a sense, God's own country kind of typifies the place. You see, this is a tiny sliver of land that is bounded on one side by the sea, on the other side by the mountains. Right. In between the sliver of land is extremely fertile. So there's a lot of greenery, there's a lot of forests, there's a lot of animals. very good irrigation and therefore uh, a very prosperous people who are out there very peace loving people so culture spirituality everything that came and flowered out there for a tourist it's 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 everything that you ever wanted you've got mountains you've got beaches you've got culture you've got tradition you've got spirituality religion religion you've also got lots of villages and and uh, actually in kerala you can't call them villages they're more or less contiguous towns um given the kind of penetration of the internet and mobile telephony and all of that it's not really one of those remote villages kind but you will still experience traditional living out there very very quaint customs and all that and and the backwaters which are one of the most famous when you think about the backwaters in kerala one of the first images that comes into your mind is the houseboat which is right all all of the images of kerala usually feature houseboats in the backwaters right so how is the houseboat experience there have you ever tried it out yes i have um okay before i get into that i must tell you a little bit about the legend of how kerala was born okay uh it is said that once upon a time one of the avatars of uh, vishnu uh, which was the parashurama avatar he came in and he was a man who wielded a mean axe as they would say in the game of thrones right So he came in and re- and threw his axe into the sea, and asked the sea god to recede till where his axe went. Okay. So the water receded, the ocean receded, and leaving bare some land out there. In a sense, I and that is what Kerala was. In a sense, that's essentially what what possibly was an explanation for land reclaimed from the sea of those days. Right. Now after that, what happened is. um the the land was a uh, uh, land that was under the sea so it wasn't very fertile so it is said that parashurama went in and uh, called up the snake gods and asked them to dig their fangs into the earth spit out their poison into the earth thus making the land fertile and that's exactly what happened so to commemorate this uh, parashurama then asked every person who came in to settle on this newly reclaimed land to worship the snake for eternity So in every house you would have a snake. Every old house, really, the newer ones don't have it. But the really old houses uh, would typically have uh, an altar to the snakes, and they worship the snakes out there because that's how it came. The reason why I told you about this legend is because how this land was reclaimed from the sea. There are ways in which the sea tries to claim it back. Right. This happens through the lagoons that get formed. So the sea water gets in, mingles with the fresh water. and form streams of water that come inland okay 
those are the backwaters so it's slightly saline water it's not fresh water it's not salt water there's a particular type of fish that grows out here um, a delicacy in these parts they come in and come into a lake this lake is not only fresh water it's also slightly salty water okay so like you said the houseboat experience in kerala is chief among the many attractions in kerala these are remember backwaters like i just said as per the legend they rivulets that run in from the sea they form lakes and lagoons and the center of this in the south is the vembanad lake all along these water streams life goes on so there are houses there are shops there are food joints there are places of worship these are the roads here in many cases you would find houses that are built and the door the main door opens into the water and they have a and they have a boat parked out there so you just jump into the water and go you got to take a bath the kids just jump out from the kids room into the water and then climb back up it's it's one of those they've been used for long by the, by as the mainstay for their lives you know whether it be transport whether it be farming fishing sport you know you have the annual uh, boat Water race that happens nice. this is all in the southern part of kerala from uh, kochi to kollam okay alapura is the place that most people enter the backwaters from okay and the houseboat itself is is what's like the idea is just lazing around here so the idea is getting into a boat cruising along the backwaters Right. you see slices of life all along people going on with the with water as an essential part of their life in the night they move in the water okay and you rock you you're rocked into sleeping by the gentle uh, waters there there are no great waves out here like i told you these are backwaters they're rivulets right yeah. there are no great waves etc so it's gently rocking motion that you go off to sleep typically these houseboats are completely uh, are more or less lack of luxury so you have air conditioning you have private loos you've got great food you've got a cook on board the boat who cooks for you depending on what you want etc you even get beer sometimes so the houseboat can be hired for you know maybe you can take a 3 hour trip or you can take a week long trip i would always say do a couple of nights more than that it will get tired boring you the beauty of the houseboat experience is just that you you bask in the serenity and the greenery and the languid pace of life and just laze around nothing else these boats are traditional boats i mean you know uh, they what they call in kerala they call them kettuvela okay. the boat with a thatched roof etc on top okay. earlier they used to transport goods in, in this and because it would take a long time they had a thatched area where the crew would uh, kind of uh, store the stuff that could get spoiled with moisture or they'd use it for their washing area or cooking and so on and so forth okay now it's of course a place for tourists stay as the road network improved transportation of goods happened by lorry and and all of that and, yeah. and by road so then what do you do with these boats what do you do with the waterways so that's when tourism came in and they started uh, you know minting money really through these houseboats fairly expensive some of them are by the way especially in season typical routes uh, from alapura you go to a place called kumarakam kumarakam is is extremely beautiful Okay. Um, there are routes that go up to a place called Kotayam or to uh, Alumgadwa. Alumgadwa is the place where the boats are manufactured. Really, all of these traditional oh. boats. So that's near Kollam. So you can go over there. And uh, oh, near Kumarakam, there is this absolutely fantastic place, which is a pit stop that most of these houseboats do, which is a small okay. island which just has a tree, a palm tree, okay, and a thatched roof shop. Okay. they climb up the tree as soon as you go out there and you tell them you want some toddy toddy is a local alcoholic drink of choice right. so they shimmy up the tree bring down of bring down some toddy and get served to you it's straight off the tree and then there's some absolutely fabulous food that they give you out there most of it is uh, typically non vegetarian but there's vegetarian options in terms of tapioca and stuff 
Okay. But otherwise, there's uh, you name it the creatures there. Yeah, there is duck, there is frog, there is uh, uh, chicken, of course. There's mutton, there's uh, pork, there's all kinds of things, and and a lot of fish, and all of them extremely spicy. So that's one place. It's it's just one island. That's the houseboat itself. What else is there in the houseboat? Oh, you can uh, do various other houseboat uh, uh, routes. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's not just that you just go sit out there and sit languidly and lazing around drinking beer, getting a hangover in the morning. No, that's not the only thing you do. You can typically stop off at the local villages, experience their life. You can do cycling tours the villages. There's sunrise and sunset viewing points out there. There, especially, there's a place called uh, the Kakaturuttu Island on Bemidad Lake. Um, early only crows stayed here. The local name comes from there. It now has a few families living on it. Incidentally, National Geographic listed it as an outstanding sunset spot in 2016. So after that, suddenly a lot of people have started kind of uh, trying to figure this place out. But that's one place you could go and take a look at. Um, that kayaking tours on the backwaters. Remember always uh, the smaller the boat, the easier it is to go into the narrower backwaters. Right. Yeah. The larger backwaters are typically packed with houseboats. So okay. always try and take the smaller houseboat. That's a much more scenic way to do it. It also gives you more privacy. Typically, people get in, do a round trip. Uh, on as in, you start from Alapura, you do this entire trip for two days or one day, and you come back to the place where you started. Okay. As some people who are going off to Munnar, let's say you're heading to Munnar or Thekadi from there, they take the houseboat from Alapura, go up to Kotem, get off there. Okay. And uh, so, like I told you, Alapura Kutunad is one uh, is a popular route. Kutunad is a rice bowl of Kerala, and, and uh, lots of farming villages here. So in Kutunad, all most of the rice fields that are there are below sea level. Uh, Alapura Kumarakam is another route that, like I told you, on the Bembanad Lake. Uh, Alapura Kollam is another one. Um, the Amritarandamai Ashram and all that come on the bend. That's where, if you go on the Alapura Kollam route, you can see Alambada, the place where the boats are made. Okay. Um, there are also others. Okay. So, for instance, uh, this is this one is in the south. Which is yeah. centered around the Bembanad Lake and around Alapura. There's another route which is Kollam. That's another alternate. It's not as touristy yet. There, instead of the Bembanad Lake, it's Ashtamudi Lake. That's the focus area out there. On the way, you experience mangroves, birds, plantations, traditional villages. You experience the Chinese fishing nets, also the famous ones. Okay. Uh, similarly, you have it in Kodikod also. This is near Kapad Beach, about five five hours north from Kochi. Okay. Vasco da Gama, by the way, when he came in here in the 15th century, he landed in this beach, in the Kapad beach. Okay. So that's that's the place. From there again, you could experience the backwaters. Now, if you don't have any time and you're in Kochi and you're taking a flight away, etc., then you can take it from Fort Kochi. You can take a three-hour, two-hour uh, kind of a boating experience of the backwaters. But I would say it's not a patch on any of those others. That's the houseboat experience. You were talking about how Kerala has the sea on one side and mountains on the other. So, are there a lot of mountain experiences that people can take up if they go to Kerala? Oh yes, like I said, one side is the sea and the other side is the mountains, the Western Ghats, really. Right. Yeah. Now, this that that's absolutely beautiful country. From the north, when you start off, you have Vyanad, which has some absolutely fascinating scenery in the mountains and great uh, uh, mountain life. Okay. And as you keep coming down, there is Idiki, there is Munnar, there are all those uh, places which are all mountains. Okay. Most of it is not very, very uh, hugely visited. You would typically find very, very secluded villages in those mountains. You'll find a lot of peace and serenity in these places. But some of them, like Munnar, right. is extremely beautiful. It was the tea capital once upon a time of South India. Okay. In fact, even now, most of the tea in the south of India comes from there. 
other than Ooty. Ooty Nilgiri's tea is one of them and the other is Muna. In Muna, there's a lot of tea. Most of the uh, tea majors have plantations out there, Tata tea being the largest out there. Um, but that, because of the fact that it's been known for such a long time, is, is quite crowded now. Right, yeah. Because it's crowded, there are far more facilities. You have five-star hotels, four-stars, three-stars, homestays, whatever you want. If you're looking for peace and serenity, then I would say Vyanad is a much better bet. Okay. Um, but the 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 way Vyanad is is not like a like a Munar. Munar is a very colonial kind of a uh, background because the bricks were there right. with their tea gardens. Vyanad is far more rustic. Okay. Yeah. And so it's a very different kind of an experience bed that you get. But if you're in Munar, then there is a place there called Kolkumalai. Okay. This is the highest tea estate in the world. Oh. In the world. Wow, that's. Yeah, so it's about okay. 7,000, it's more than 7,000 feet above sea level. Okay. And some of the best teas of the world are, are produced here, the very distinctive flavor. Plus, fabulous views of the rugged mountains and plains around. But it's a it's a bit of a tough one to get there. Uh, it's about 40 kilometers from Munar. Okay. Um, and very simple life and all of that. And it's, uh, it's real life without the, you know, accoutrements of modern day living. Yeah, yeah. So you don't go and expect like jacuzzis and things like that out there. It's yeah. very simple life, very rustic life, but it's beautiful. I, I love the place. There's a factory at the center of the estate. It was built in the 1930s. Uh, and they use, even now they use a traditional testing and um, orthodox tea making, seven step process and all of that. So it's fun to visit this place. If you want some respite from the pressures of, uh, you know, modern day life and all of that. Yeah. The pace of life killing you, Kerala is a place to get to, man. Go and do some languid boat surfing in uh, houseboats and then come back and sit in Kulukumai and watch life pass by. And what about the wildlife in such areas? Ah, so the because there's so much of um, uh, forest cover in the state, there's a yeah. lot of wildlife. So uh, bison, boar and uh, all of that you get to see everywhere and okay. uh, deer and all of that. And as you're getting into Kerala from the north, if you're going from Karnataka, you pass through the forest and you're getting in, you see you see deer all over on the way on the roadside because you cut through the forest when you're driving. Yeah, yeah. So all of that is there. This is the land of elephants here. Yeah, true. So there are lots of elephants around. So you get in here to Munar, there are times if you go in the night where there's not too much of traffic, etc. There is the elephant menace as they call it because the big buggers would just come in and stand in the middle of the road and you know scratch their back or something and you just wait. Uh, oh, there are two tiger sanctuaries here. Actually, oh. no, Paramikulam is a... Is technically in uh, Tamil Nadu, but okay. it's also part of Kerala. Uh, that's a tiger sanctuary. Okay. You see leopard there and all that. It's a lovely place. You must go there if you ever get the time. Uh, it's it's got these tree houses and it's a very well-run uh, jungle reserve. It's a okay. part of Project Tiger. The newest uh, tiger reserve is in Nelliamadi, okay. which is near Palgar, and that's also a tiger reserve. So you have tigers there. It's difficult to spot though. But, but the forest is a forest. I always have I have wondered at this uh, huge uh, draw that tigers have. I, I have always felt the peace, the solitude, the silence that jungles afford are, are great in itself. And spotting a tiger is just cherry on the cake. True, yeah. Um, so now let's go to the other side of Kerala. Those are the beaches. Okay. Um, how are the beaches there? Is it like Goa or are they more like... I don't know, less touristy and ah, okay. more chilled out. How, how is it? 
Okay, so uh, the beaches of Kerala, so Kolam was one of the most frequented beaches during the hippie revolution, let's say, of the swinging 60s. Okay. So it is as good, if not better than Goa. Right, okay. Kolam is, is wonderful. But, but you could say it is a tad over touristy now. Like for instance, I believe Goa is very touristy now, except yeah. in, in most of the parts of it, except in some of the little known beaches. It's very touristy. There are shacks all over the place. People are trying to sell you everything from refrigerators to scooters to drugs to cigarettes to booze to you name it, they're selling it. As a beach, it's a beautiful beach, Kolam. The sunsets okay. are fabulous. There are two beaches there. One of the beaches is very crowded. The other beach, if you're willing to walk up a little bit, and there's another beach which is slightly more secluded, but even nowadays, even that is crowded. Okay. Uh, then as you go further, uh, as you go towards the north from uh, the south, from Kovalam, the beaches start getting better and better and less and less crowded. Okay. So by the time you reach the north, I mean the north, the north of Kerala, the beaches are absolutely fabulous. Pristine beaches to die for men. Okay. Um, you would of course find this is a fish eating place. Right. So yeah. you would find a lot of fishermen at every beach that is there. Okay. And the smell of fish would tag you wherever you go. So that's what it is. Beaches are lovely. Go to the north. If you want a proper relaxed beach holiday, go to the north. North of Kerala, there are some lovely beaches there. Okay. You want a nice touristy, bustling with energy, lots of life, lots of beer kind of a uh, beach holiday, then head down to Kola. Okay. So you mentioned massages yep. and people generally tend to associate Kerala with Ayurveda. Yeah. So what, what about that? How is it? Okay. Yeah, so uh, I am my belief, my firm belief, I say I'm from Kerala. Okay? Yeah. So um, my firm belief is that tourism, while it improves certain aspects of life in the place that people visit, right. it also takes away from the culture of the place okay. in some fashion. That's the unfortunate part of tourism that when travelers go in, they take a little bit of the place uh, with them, but they leave behind a part of them also with them. In the place, and that that kind of over a period of time kills the place. That's I think what's happened to Kerala with this whole tourism boom. See, Ayurveda has been a very ancient science of Kerala, yeah, and uh, it seems to have cures for most things that we talk about, at least uh, non-surgical. Uh, right. It's believed that the surgical treatises um, of India of the Ayurveda is about medicine. The surgical parts were. Uh, it's believed that it was all destroyed by Ashoka. Right. who believed that bloodletting was uh, wrong. He kind of took uh, his non-violent uh, belief to a very ridiculous extreme, I think. So that's how we don't have any surgical practices. But in terms of medicines, it has answers to most things around the place, is what they believe. Okay. Unfortunately, and therefore massages, therefore uh, uh, usage of pressure points to relieve uh, diseases and so on and so forth. But unfortunately, with tourism and over-tourism to my mind, What's actually happened is this this ancient practice has been degraded. Now, everybody who's anybody says, come, let me give you an Ayurvedic massage. Come on, let me give you some Ayurvedic tablets. And then now you don't really know which is authentic, which is not. Especially in the more more touristy kind of places or places that tourists visit the most, nothing is authentic in my opinion. You have to go inland into Kerala, less touristy places where you'll find these gems even now of people who offer traditional Ayurvedic and really, I mean, authentic Ayurvedic uh, treatments. So, what else is there in Kerala? Maybe like, you could talk about spirituality? Oh yes, lots of spirituality. 
Okay. See that birth of the state happened uh, from a legend with uh, Parashuram throwing the axe. Right. Yeah. And then the gods and the snake god etc. So this has been a land that has been about nature worship. Right. You will find a lot of snake temples all over the place. Okay. Because like I told you in that legend the snakes yeah. dip their fangs. This is the place that gave birth to a lot of philosophers. The biggest philosopher in my opinion in Hinduism has been Adi Shankara. Right. He was born in the southernmost part of Kerala in a place called Kaladi. Okay. And he traveled from there went all the way up and he's the person who uh, set up Badrinath and Kedarnath and the Shankara Mads across the country and all of it on foot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this was the birthplace of philosophy and spirituality religion I'm not so sure. It's a very philosophical kind of a place from comes from the fact that it is almost nestled completely in the lap of nature. So okay. it's nature worship, it's worship of the natural forces and very very close to philosophy. But yes, there are temples there. The most famous temple now is the Padmanabha Swami temple in Trivandrum. Right, yeah. And it's uh, vaults and the riches in that vault. There's Guruvayur temple, there is a uh, Kadambura temple. And what about the food and drinks and ah, local the f- drinks? You, they say that you can spot a Keralaite from very far off. They love their food, they love their drinks. And that food is very spicy and there's a lovely fragrance about it. You can smell it from a mile away. The drink is also as fragrant. You can smell it from a mile away. <laughs> That's how we are. So lots of very good food. This is uh, most people think this is non-vegetarian territory and there's a lot of non-vegetarian spicy non-vegetarian food. True. But the vegetarian food of Kerala is equally good. Okay. Not very many people experience it when you go when you go as a tourist. You would experience it if you go as a traveler. Small nooks and corners. You have these lovely places which give you some traditional, authentic Keralaite food. Okay. Just be prepared for a, a huge dash of coconut and everything. <laughs> Grated coconut, fried coconut, coconut oil, all kinds of coconut. And the drinks, uh, as uh, true to form, the drinks are also made from coconut. <laughs> So we have toddy which is from the coconut tree from the palm tree that's a drink of choice out there Considering all these things that you've talked about how many days would you recommend to get the full kerala experience The full kerala experience if you come and tell me listen I've got 2 months I want a full kerala experience I can do that for you You come and tell me I have 6 months I want an even fuller kerala experience I can do that for you There's lots okay. in this place here This place is waiting to be explored Right but Look at what your interest area is. My suggestion would be if you want to go and experience uh, Kerala, figure out what is it that keeps you. Okay. Is it mountains? Is it beaches? Is it culture? Is it tradition? Is it food? Is it uh, romance? Is it nature? Is it wildlife? Whatever it is. Okay. Once you do that, whichever is the experience, probably about seven to eight days, you should be good. Most regularly, people do the houseboat experience. They land in Cochin, check out Cochin, go do the houseboat experience. and then after that two day two nights of that then get into munar then okay. experience the mountains and go into thekadi see the animals out there the elephants and the wildlife come back to gochin and fly out that would be about 8 days okay but i would suggest don't do so such a cramped itinerary take 7 8 days and just take one facet of kerala and experience it it's after all god's own country you should be able to experience it in 5 days <laughs> thank you anand for talking so much about your home state i detect a sense of sarcasm <laughs> in the talking so much <laughs> Thanks Nandana thanks for having me here Thanks for tuning in to the Don't trip on the usual travel podcast from beyond your experiences watch this space for more such experiences until then take care stay safe and whatever else you do don't trip on the usual